This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, July 21st, 2020, and I'm back from a few days off. I went and visited some relatives in Washington, uh, and it was a lot of fun. I, I met a new, a new grandniece to the family. It was a lot of fun, and, and you know, I have a lot of relatives up there and down here, so it, I really enjoyed that. And it was a really interesting experience getting on the plane from Long Beach to Oakland. There was maybe 20 people on the plane, 737. From Oakland to uh, Portland, the plane was probably about half full. So those those airlines got to be hurting bad. Got to be hurting bad. Anyways, it's everything is moving pretty fast, as you know. And the final two trading day, trading weeks of July are upon us. And of course, volatility has been on display. The market's always changing, everybody. Always unpredictable. You saw that yesterday. Uh, you saw that. To, you know, it's just it's very. You, it, as I said, be many, many times in the last few months, this whole year, expect more volatility. Just expect the volatility to continue. We are in uncharted waters about our economy, about the government spending, and you know, not only here, but to just hear about the EU spending in the EU, huge amounts of cash flooding everywhere, and we're not quite sure what will happen because the coronavirus has spiked here in the U.S. It's nice to see the death rate falling, but the number of cases are going up. So. You know, we we're going to continue to have to deal with that. It was great to have news yesterday about uh, from AstraZeneca that their human trials look pretty positive. And it's very likely, very likely uh, that we're probably going to come up with a, a uh, uh, not only just a treatment for the coronavirus, which is getting better and better and better, and I think that's why the death rate is going down, but also that we'll get a, a vaccine uh, but I don't know if we'll get it before this year, the end of next year. But, you know, it looks pretty promising at this point. So that's what's going on, and that's going to cause more volatility. It's not going to add that to the presidential election. Add that to the mix. Add the riots and things to the mix. I mean, you're talking about volatility. I'm Steve Peasley, and here on Invest Talk and at my company, KPP Financial, based in Irvine, California, we always operate on the same philosophy, and that is independent thinking and shared success. Justin Klein and I are a bit different than other money managers because we buy the same things for ourselves as our clients at the same price, same percentage, so that we, we call it parallel investing. So our money is riding along our clients. I really like that. I think, frankly, and you know, everybody talks about the fiduciary rule and all that stuff, which is very important. I'm not dismissing that. But I think money managers should buy the same things they're asking or telling their clients to buy at the same price. In this day and age with computers, technology, you can do that. Instead of, here, you buy this. No, I'm not going to put it in my own portfolio, but you buy it. That's why I like the parallel investing idea that we've been doing for years. Not just years, now a couple of decades. 
I'm ready to take your calls. This is a call-in show. We answered your questions. The number is 888-99-CHART. And with everything that's going on, you have to make sure you're putting off and not putting off the objective of financial freedom. You, you have to keep that as a primary goal. And thanks to technology, Justin Klein and I, we are meeting people, no obligation, no cost, portfolio assessments via the telephone, Skype, Jive, email, any way we can do it. You know, especially now in these times where, you know, it's very difficult to, you know, get on the plane and go somewhere and because everybody's so worried about the virus and, you know, it's just, just very difficult. You know, you still have to rebalance your portfolio. You still have to optimize it. You still have, based on your risk tolerance, your goals, your objectives, those kinds of things. So if you want us to take a look at it, send us an email through investtalk.com or call KPP Financial Irvine, California. Learn more by going to investtalk.com. At investtalk.com, you can click on contact us buttons, and that sends us an email. So, love to talk to you. My focus point today concerns this analyst's bold assertion, look out for a stock market crash in 2020. We're in 2020. We're in late, well, two-thirds of July, to July 21st, and we've got, what, five plus months to go, and he's calling for a crash. He calls it the end game. Could he be right? Has the NASDAQ reached a classic end-of-bubble move? And could it now be on his final run to that end-of-bubble move, going vertical? So that's our, that's our main focus point today. I also want to talk about the EU and their budget they passed with the huge spending, uh, coronavirus spending package they put together. I want to talk about stock, tech stock drivers of the market. And have they achieved their goal of remote working? Their goal for years. Okay. And finally, buying a home in today's market. We need to talk about that. So those are the things we're going to talk about. The market, the Dow was up 160. The NASDAQ was down 87. Notice it was up big yesterday and down this today. And the S&P up five. We had a mixed market day today. Kind of interesting. And that's what I have planned for today's show. But now let's take a question from our anytime listener line number 888-99-CHART. Good evening, Mr. Peasley. My name is David Colin from New York. I have some investment on the stocks, Hertz, H. TZ. I know they are in bankruptcy now, and I would like to know your point of view, whether they might come out of bankruptcy or I might end up losing my money. Could you uh, elaborate on this a little more? Thank you for the show and your information. Thank you. Okay, when a company, file, a public company like Hertz, Hertz is ATZ, files for bankruptcy, okay, that means they can't pay their bills, they still have income. If they file Chapter 11, they want to reorganize and come out still being the same company, uh, reorganize their debt and their expenses. If they file Chapter 7, that means they just liquidate. Well, Hertz filed Chapter 11, which is typical of most big companies that go bankrupt. Because most of the time, it's debt that's killing them. Anyways, uh, what generally happens in a bankruptcy is the stockholders get zero. The stockholders, the stockholders before the bankruptcy get nothing. The bondholders get part ownership of the new Hertz company. This is typical. And sometimes if there's a, 
a union, like in the GM case in 2008, they might get you know, shares in the stock of the new company. So what happens, they file bankruptcy, they reorganize, get a court-approved, bankruptcy court-approved reorganization plan, and then they reissue brand new stocks and discard the old ones. The old ones go out, done, gone, worth zero. And then they would trade under another symbol, maybe not HTC, maybe 8Z or something symbol that no one else is using. And it's a brand new public company. That's what generally happens. You lose all your money. Sorry to tell you that. That's what happens. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. Summer is well underway, as you know. We are more than halfway through July. Looking back January before that, December and the holiday season, well, it all seems like a very long time ago. Right? But it wasn't. It really wasn't. You and I both know that folks want to return to normalcy. I do. I certainly do, but it's not going to happen. However, the COVID-19 crisis is still going to affect our lives. It's going to continue to do so. So, uh, we're just going to have uncertainty here. So, how can you be better prepared for that? The swings of the market. We'll talk about that. We should talk about everything. Your participation is important. Part of the mix. You drive the show. We're taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Ben in Minnesota. He wants to talk about currency. How are you doing, Ben? Hello, I'm fine. Thank you, Steve. I like the show. Um, I just wanted to ask about the DXY, the uh, the ETF for the U.S. dollar. It's kind of going down forward, it appears, and I'm wondering how you think this might affect the S&P 500 if at all. Did you say GSY or GXY? Hello? Okay, uh, I'm going to go, uh, I'm not sure what stock, but he's talking about the U.S. dollar, and I generally use the ETF UUP when I'm looking at the U.S. dollar. Uh, UUP is an ETF, uh, and it's uh, ETF seeking and trade, ETF seeking performance corresponding to the Invesco U.S. dollar index, bullish fund index. So what happens if the dollar is bullish, it goes up. The dollar is bearish, it goes down. Dollar was down big time today for the dollar, down about 0.62% or so. But it's been in a fall ever since March. It's been falling. And it's getting weaker and weaker and weaker. What? Why is that happening? Because we're printing money. We're printing money like crazy. And we're always going to print more money like crazy. And that usually drives the dollar down. But, of course, other currencies, other countries are printing money, too, but we're printing a lot more. You know, so, so I think the dollar is just going to continue to be weak. The Federal Reserve, the U.S. government definitely wants inflation down the road. That is clear, clear to anybody who's paying attention. Therefore, they would like the dollar to be weak. 
They want the dollar to get weaker so they can pay the huge debt we're taking on, huge U.S. government debt, with cheaper future dollars. Does that make sense? certainly does. So I think the dollar is going to get weak, weaker. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean the stock market is going to crash. It just means that the dollar with buying power will probably go down. Inflation will destroy some of the buying power. My focus point today concerns this analysis. Uh, some a, a, an analyst with a, has a really strong assertion. He says, quote, look out for a stock market crash in 2020. He's calling it the end game. Well, could he be right? I mean, everybody has their own opinion, but could he be right? Now, what he's doing is he's looking at a chart. He's looking at a very simple chart of the stock, of the index, uh, especially the NASDAQ, and saying, you know, it has gone up vertical for a while now, uh, and that is probably going to end poorly. That's what he thinks. That's, I mean, in a nutshell, that's what he thinks. And he's comparing it with other times that this has happened, uh, um, particularly the dot-com era, 1999. Uh, the first couple of three months in uh, first couple of months in 2000, the market shot straight up, and then it crashed. So what the point is, the market can go up. That's not a problem. He doesn't even know. He he says it could go down and start on his downward track tomorrow. It could be the end of the year. It could be next year. He doesn't have an opinion exactly when. Because no, if he did, we I, I wouldn't even bring this article to your attention, because no one knows exactly when that happens. But he's saying it's following a pattern, and that pattern is strong the bull market over years. We had that right, bond in 2008, strong bull market. And here it is, the last couple of years, skyrocketing. Okay, and that pattern always leads to a, a fall in the past. And that's what he's predicting. He's just not predicting when it's going to happen. Don't know. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And if you've been listening to Invest Talk for a while, you've heard me say that I believe every investor should determine their individual risk tolerance and as a first step in building a more profitable investment strategy for yourself. You need to define your personal risk tolerance, your personal comfort. And it's pretty easy. Give me a call, 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. We've seen the markets go up, then down, sideways, and around. It's called volatility. And if you're a serious investor, You'll have finance and investment questions for Steve Beasley. He's here now taking your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's go talk to John in Santa Cruz. How you doing, John? Great, Steve. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for the call. Uh, thank you. Um, so I have about... Uh, 11 or 12% of my portfolio invested in cash. And most of that is in an ETF SCHO. And I'm wondering if you think it's safe and uh, also uh, how they're able to get a 1.9% yield on short-term treasuries. I'm, I'm a little confused okay. about that. Okay. Uh, this is SCHO, uh, SCHO. Schwab short-term U.S. Treasury ETF seeking performance corresponding to the Bloomberg 
Barclays U.S. Treasury one to three year index. And the reason why John is asking that is this ETF pays about 1.9% when short-term treasuries are paying like way under half a percent. So why is this paying so much? And that's a very valid question, John. I, I mean, I could speculate, but they're following an index, that Bloomberg Bar- Barclays U.S. Treasury. First of all, we know that that yield, they're looking backwards last year, so it's probably going to come down because it, it yields have been coming uh-huh. down. Uh, but also, it's still, even looking last year, 1.9 seems to be pretty high for a one- to three-year index in U.S. Treasuries. My suspicion my suspicion might be they could be paying part of the, because since interest rates are going down, they have capital appreciation. And maybe they're paying a little bit of that capital appreciation in the form of dividend, even though it's a one to three years, so they could be doing that to give you an artificial feel of a higher yield than it really is. But they're, tr- they're tracking an index. See, we have to find out how they structure the index. And John, I don't have that information in front of me. I really don't. But that's my suspicion that they might be paying out a little bit of the capital gains. In other words, selling a three-year treasury at a pretty, you know, they bought two years ago and it's gone up 20%, sell a little of that off, capture the gain a little bit, and pay that to you as in the form of a dividend. They could do that. But when they follow an index, I'm not sure an index would do that. That's why I'm confused. John, I'll have to look it up for you, see if I can find out, okay? Appreciate the call. Let's go to Kurt in Phoenix. Kurt. Hi, Steve. Love the show. Um, Thank you. wanted to get your input on uh, Albertsons uh, ACI. I, I already own a, a Sprouts Farmer's Market in the same category. And it's done good for last year. Just wanted to get your input on getting into Albertsons. Uh, it's a new IPO. Just wanted to see what your thoughts were and uh, an entry point on the stock. I'm actually looking at, we, we're, this is on our watch list, uh, Albertson's companies. Operates 2,252 stores under 20 iconic banners in the United States and the District of Columbia. Um, it includes 113 million net gain on property sales, so they've been selling some property. Okay, they're going to make $1.76 this year. That's up 81% from last year. Next year, there's $1.14. As a fifteen dollars and sixty-seven cents stock, so it's not that expensive. And it, the problem is, it's a very new IPO. Okay, so it's hard, hard, it's hard to know. We don't have any history on how it trades. You know, uh, would it trade at the normal fifteen times forward earnings? Grocery stores typically are low margin business. But we own quite a few grocery stores for our, in our managed accounts today because we think, you know, it's a safe place to be, and inflation is coming, and it's a good, it's good, it's a good place to be for that. And we think with all the stay at home, we think people are going to be buying more groceries and making more dinners and lunches and din- lunch, breakfast at home. And so we've we've been on this kick for a while buying grocery stores, and we do like this one. Is it at a, you know, it's been as low as $14 uh, in what, just about two weeks ago. And now it's at $15.67. I like it. I like it as a purchase. I just don't like buying new IPOs. I like to wait six months after yeah, they come I out. I agree with you on that. 
Appreciate the call, Kurt. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So what do you guys want to talk about? You know, you drive the show in any direction you want. As long as it's about money, I'm there. I'll talk about it. Um, the EU passed a, um, a budget of $2.1 trillion over the next seven years or so. Inside that budget is $750 million, I'm sorry, $750 billion euros. So it's $2.1 trillion euros. $750 billion euros were, were to combat the, combat the coronavirus problem. We'll talk about that a little bit more here. Okay, our modern stock exchanges today. I have a trivia question, as always. The majority of trades are executed by computer these days, right? But it hasn't always been that way. I mean, very. this is recent. Now, as we go to break, here's my two-part trivia question. In which year did computerized trading begin at the New York Stock Exchange? And what percentage of trading that occurs on the exchange is attributed to high-frequency computerized trades? I'll have the answer after the break, but for now, my phone line is open. I encourage you to invest, you ask investment questions of any kind, any financial questions, 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, Bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so 
Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener, you may even have called a few times, but if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. I have the answer to my trivia question. The question is, in which year did computerized trading begin on the New York Stock Exchange? Which year was that? The New York Stock Exchange switched to fully automated computerized trading system for the first time in December of 1966. Most people would think, you know, in the 1990s, because that's when the Internet took off and all that. Nope, it was that far back. So the first computers at the NYSE were were not well equipped to handle the volume, the trading volume. They were not. Ironically, the first computerized trading hit the New York Stock Exchange at the beginning of one of the longest dull periods for U.S. stocks in modern history. Meaning, what I'm talking about is the Dow in 1966, January, was at 990 points. The Dow was still at 990-point level 16 years later until 1982. That is a bear market, a secular bear market. 16 years, it didn't do anything. 16 years. As of 2007, a few exchanges still had floor trading, known as the open cry system where you see them yelling at each other on the floor. Even though about 82% of the trades at that time were electronic, but still there was open cry system. How about a bonus question? What else was going on in the world in 1966? I think I was, what, junior high? It was junior high. Well, Mississippi became the last state in the United States to repeal a statewide prohibition on alcohol beverages. Remember, this occurred 33 years after the federal prohibition had been repealed. Remember the prohibition period? Alcohol was illegal in the United States altogether. You certainly have changed, have they not? Gary, New Jersey. Want to talk about MCK. Gary. Hey, Steve. Thank you so much for taking my call. Yeah, so I bought um, a, um, a half position in MCK McKesson. Back yes. when it was sub 130, so I was just wondering in terms, you know, it shot up since then. Um, if if it would be a good time to kind of put the other half in, or or if you think maybe a pullback is possible. Okay, let's talk about McKesson Corporation (MCK). Distributed specialty care, healthcare products, medical supplies, equipment to pharmacies and hospitals. Uh, it's gonna. You know, the earnings are looking pretty strong. They're going to make $14.95 this year. Next year, they're scheduled to make fourteen thirty, but then jump in 2022 to sixteen ninety five a share. 
1695 a share, this is well below 10, and I would hold it. I would just hold on to it, Gary. It's a strong company. Sales are growing pretty up 12% last quarter. Before that, it was up only 5 So they, I think that this is the kind of company that will do well no matter who wins the presidential election. Doesn't matter who. I think we're going to bring back a lot of manufacturing here to the U.S. That will help McKesson. So I, I like it. Return equity is very high. Doesn't pay much of a dividend, only 1.1%, but it certainly has a lot of room to grow their dividend. So I, I think I would hold on to McKesson. I, I think this is just, you know, uh, it, it's going. It, it's up, up from 115 at the low in March, 155 now. The high was about 170. That was in February. So I, I can see it. I think it's just working its way higher slowly. That's my opinion. It might have another pullback, and I would buy more in a pullback. That's what I would do. Let's go to Chris in Walnut Creek. Wants to talk about cash. Chris. Hi, Steve. Thanks for uh, taking my call. I really appreciate your show. Thank you. Um, yeah, I just uh, sold my house uh, about a month ago. I'm getting on about 300000 I'm 40 years old. Me and my wife. We have one son, one, one kid. So what do, you, what do you think of the housing market? I think... Uh, well... Uh, going down, or what do you think? Well, well, housing market is always local, of course. Where do you live? Where did you say you live? Walnut Creek? Uh, Walnut Creek. Okay, uh, and that's up in, near the Sil- Silicon Valley, everybody. Not in Silicon Valley, it's north of Silicon Valley and due east of, like, Oakland's area, over the hills, right? That's where it is. Very nice neighborhood, Walnut Creek. Um. I think Silicon Valley is going to continue to grow. I think the housing market in your area is probably going to hold up very well. It won't keep going up like it has. There's just a, you know, there's just a law of large numbers. You can't keep, you know, going up 10, 20% forever per year. It just doesn't do that. So it's slowed down. I think it's only up, what, 5 to 10% in the last year? So I think that's going to slow. You might even get a little retracement. But interest rates are so low, so low, Chris, and they're going to stay low for quite some time that I don't see how the housing market can't continue to do well. I just don't think it's going to grow. The prices are going to grow that fast up in the Silicon Valley, uh, San Francisco area. But I don't think they're going to fall. I think they could, but I don't think they are because the interest rates are so low. So that I, I like, I like the property. It's a good place to store wealth. It's better than in cash, that's for sure. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, tech stocks have been the driver of the markets for quite some time, right? Big tech, especially. And they've been pushing, pushing, pushing because they're pushing. This this COVID thing does not hurt them one iota. Matter of fact, it helps them a lot. Why? Because they've been pushing the goal of remote working, working from home ever since they started. I mean, that's what they like. Think about it. For instance, let's give you a for instance. Talk about Zoom. You know, Zoom is a company that you can have uh, meetings online and be in a meeting with 10 other people and you're all having a meeting. I do these every day almost. And um, they had enough space, enough 
capacity to do 10 million meetings a day. That was last year. Well, maybe a year and a half, two years ago. They now have the capacity to do 300 million meetings a day. Netflix added 25 million users in the last few months because of the COVID virus. Microsoft pushing hard in the recent years in the cloud computing area. Expect earnings to be strong for every one of these companies. That's going to be so. What I'm saying is that's where the growth has been, and it, it they've been pushing to grow there simply because look at Amazon. They have built an infrastructure that can deliver products overnight. Overnight. Don't shop. Don't go shopping. Do it online. This is faster, faster. So I'm just saying that you just have to, this is the, this is the new era you're in. And this COVID virus did not hurt this, this push into online buying, online trading, online meetings, on staying home, working from home. Just, just made, it was a. It's good for these kinds of companies. And of course, their soft price reflects it. That will end someday. I mean, when I say that, I mean all the, all the these stocks eventually have everything priced in, and they will stop going up. When that will be, I do not know. No one really knows. You're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and yes, the economy is reopening in phases. There've been some setbacks. We know that. You know that whereas reopened, there's been pretty good resumption of economic activity. So that, that is a positive. But no matter what, you can't, can't ignore your retirement objective. They still have to be what they were, no matter what happens in the market. So whatever, no matter what happens in the market, you need to you know, optimize your portfolio. And you, know, you have to understand that you're dealing with a lot more volatility. Remember, I just put up, pointed out that there were, what, 16 years where the market did nothing. If the market started to go sideways and just chattered at the same price it is today, you still can make money in the market. They pay dividends. Companies pay dividends. Certain growth companies will still grow. Companies get valued very low, and then they go up, And even though the overall index doesn't. So that can happen again. I don't think it can't. So you need to manage your money. We're all, all, all of us want that financial freedom goal. All of us do. So you need someone to look at your portfolio to help you with that. To, and we need, you, know, you need someone to talk to you about your risk tolerance and how much risk you're comfortable with and whether or not you're close to retirement or far away from retirement, what you should be risking, how much. Well, that's what we're here for. You can go to investtalk.com, send me an email. We'll be happy to look at your portfolio and talk. Now I'm here and ready to prove, uh, or at least to provide unbiased answers to your uh, financial investment questions. We're taking your calls now, live, 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. We have good news. Steve and Justin have recorded an all-new Rapid Fire Hour. It's a free podcast download, and you'll hear answers to 30 caller questions. You still get unbiased answers, but the show moves along at a faster pace. You can find it now for free at investtalk.com, iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Search Invest Talk June Bonus Show. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls. 
The Anytime Listener line is open, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to go talk to Bill in San Diego. Bill. I'm sorry, it's Will, not Bill. Yeah, it's Will in San Diego, uh, Steve. Uh, Yeah, listen, I was reading in Barron's uh, last week about this company. The ticker symbol is GHC, and they say it's uh, pretty well undervalued. So I was trying to get your thoughts on it. Okay, this is uh, Graham Holdings. It's a $2 billion company. Holds interest in magazine publication, television broadcasting, and educational services. Well, two of those three things I like. I don't like the magazine publications. Uh, I think that's a tough business. Televising, right. pro- television broadcasting and education services with us, with the idea of uh, schools from home, they might be in a very good position to take advantage of that. You know, so that that's the area I think they have the most, uh, the po- probability of having the biggest uh, prospects of growth. They are growing six to ten percent a quarter in sales. Uh, it's a three hundred eighty-six dollar company. Uh, I ha- they're going to make less money. They made in- last year. They made thirty-three dollars and eighty cents. The year before, they made forty-eight. So I'm not sure why that has. And I do not have projections for this year, two thousand twenty, which is pretty unusual. I wonder. Mm. Huh. So, equity is yeah, low. It doesn't look as good a deal as it uh, was portrayed in the article. Well, it, it depends. Did they talk about the article about the growth of their educational services division? Is that what, what did they focus on that? Do you remember? No, they they just really focused on all of the current assets and the fact that the stock price has dropped significantly. Yeah, it was yeah much higher six seven hundred dollars. Um, and so let's say they make thirty three dollars a share or thirty five dollars a share. Well, that means it's about eleven eleven twelve PE. And that's the low end of its five-year range. So it's probably a pretty decent value play. And I would really focus on the two growth areas that, and how much that magazine area represents of earnings. If the magazine area represents a lot of the earnings, like a third, I would be worried because I think that area is going to shrink more and fast. But the education services area, I think, could grow really fast. So I'd have to do some research on this to to really get my get a feel at how how well it appreciate the call, Bill. Sorry I can't give you more information. Okay, let's go to um, another voicemail call in earlier. Hey Steve and Justin. I was just wondering what you thought of SNB Corporation, uh, Fred, Nancy, Bob. I bought some of this back in February of 2018, and it was churning water for, I guess, two years or so until the pandemic hit, and it's obviously gone down since then. I was considering maybe adding more to my position, uh, but now with interest rates being cut severely as they've been and possible rumors that banks might be asked to suspend their dividend, uh, maybe not this one per se, but um, maybe just in general, I'm just wondering if that would be a worthwhile endeavor or if I should just leave it alone, or maybe even sell it. Just let me know what your thoughts are, and I'll look for your answer on the podcast. Thanks. Okay, FNB Corporation, it's a holding company for First National Bank of Pennsylvania, operating via 369 offices in areas of Pennsylvania, Ohio, Maryland, North Carolina, South Carolina, and other states. Um, 
Their earnings have been going down. $1.19 in 2019, $1.19 a share is what they earned. Uh, this year, only $0.86. Cents. Next year, only $0.77. Cents. Dividends quite high, 6.3%. The stock is a $7.64 stock, $2.4 billion company, so it's a small cap. Uh, can they afford a 6% dividend? Well, yeah, that's about half of their earnings next year. Uh, cash flow, though, is $1.35, so much better. Turn equity is kind of weak at 8%, and earnings this quarter is going down. So banks are having a tough time of it. Banks are. But at this stage, I think I just hold on to it because it's already got beaten up. I think I just hold on to it. It's a good, strong bank. Even though it's not a big bank, it's still strong. Okay, on the next Invest Talk, this story. Is a new stock market high coming because of the vast sum of money being printed? That story's tomorrow, everybody. For now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Dan San Diego. He wants to talk about silver. Dan. Hi, Steve. Uh, I've been following gold and silver for a long time. Gold's been doing really good for the last couple of months, but last couple of days, silver has really caught a bit. Uh, I was wondering what your and uh, Justin's thoughts are on silver. Uh, You know, is it old? Is it a buy? Uh, Are we too late? What do you think? Well, a couple of weeks ago, I'm, I'm not sure I remember. My mind is not that sharp uh, maybe two, three, four weeks ago, uh, we were, someone called about gold and silver, and I said, I think silver's, it's time for silver to make its move, and it looks like that's what it's doing. I don't think you're yeah. too late. No, I don't. It might give back. It was up, everybody. I'm looking at an ETF for silver, and the symbol is SLV, and it's up was up 6.15% today. Jump, 6.15%. Gold has been marching up for some time, but silver what is, has not been nearly as strong. But you know what, Dan? I think it's it's pretty, still pretty reasonable. Um, I think it's still a. I think you might have a little pullback here. I can't see it going up. You know, can, you know how things are. It goes up, comes down, goes All up. Right. But I do think it's going. To, it's on an upward trend. It broke out. It's clearly a breakout. And you buy breakouts. You don't you don't sell them. You buy breakouts. So maybe if you get a pullback a little bit tomorrow, the next day, buy some. If that's what you want to be in. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. SLV is the ETF for silver. It's an exchange-traded fund seeking performance corresponding to the price of silver. Okay? So that's what that does. Okay. Do you buy a house now? Is it time to buy a house? Not buy a house? What should you do? And if you do... If you're buying for a house, what are the things? What are some of the things you should do before you buy the house? Okay, I have some suggestions. Now, home prices have jumped uh, from January to June nine percent. 
9%. So it's been a pretty good move in the home price, mostly driven by the mortgage rates going way down and the, the huge amount of money the government's pouring into the system because of the COVID virus. But if you're in the market for them buying a house now, here's some suggestions. First thing is get pre-approved. You know, buyers are pretty particular these days. They can be. It is a it is a buyer's market, not a seller's market. I'm sorry, it's a seller's market, not a buyer's market. The seller has control. The buyer does not because they get a lot of offers in a lot of different places. So you need to be pre-approved. That puts you immediately up a notch in a seller's mind because you already have the loan ready to go. Number two, be flexible because you're probably not going to get that perfect house. There's no such thing. And don't don't get into a bidding war. That just dries up your costs. So be a little bit flexible on what you want and where you want it. And number three, don't rush into buying a house. Take your time. Make sure it's what you want and what you'll be happy with for a number of years. So those are some of the suggestions I, I think are sound ideas about buying property. Even if, no matter what market it is, those are really good. Get peer approved, be a little bit flexible, and don't rush. When flexibility, for instance, you say, well, I want a three-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath. Then you find a three-bedroom, two-bath. and say, Nope, not mine. I don't want it. doesn't have that half bath. Stuff like that. Or I want a big kitchen, and it has just an okay kitchen. You know, just... But it, everything else fits all your goals on what you your desires. That's what I mean about being flexible. Don't rush means hey, don't don't. It's not wise to get into a bidding war with somebody. It's just not. Now that's difficult up in the Silicon Valley area because there's not enough housing up there. But for other areas, you know, you you don't have to be in a big rush. You really don't. Okay, everybody, I'm Steve Peasley, and thank you for listening to Invest Talk. I will return tomorrow. In the meantime, please tell your friends that we have posted a new June bonus, bonus, June bonus show. Justin and I answer 30 caller questions at a fast pace, very fast pace. It can be downloaded now for free at investtalk.com, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Everybody have a great night. See you tomorrow. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART.